Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values. Great to be with you on another glorious week in the state of Texas. Welcome to summer, right? I mean, is this the first week of summer? Sort of. Some kids still graduating this week. Uh, My kids had their last week last week. So maybe this is the last week. This show is about faith, family, and freedom. And that's what we'll be talking about today. Things that basically happen in the state of Texas, but also in other parts of the country because we know Texas can impact the rest of the country and vice versa. And so really some important issues to talk about. I mean, look, some of it, you think about the way life works, at least in our country, it can revolve around the school calendar and a school schedule, whether it's the economy, whether it's your personal life, whether it's some things going on related to policy issues. And so, you know, I might have a little bit more to talk about in commentary is, is how people's lives adjust to, you know, what are the restrictions now? What aren't, if you feel safe, if you don't, but a lot of it relates to uh, when we talk about issues on the show are issues of religious freedom, marriage and family and pro-life issues. Later in the show, we're going to have Congressman Van Taylor, who represents the, the third congressional district in North Texas area, parts of Collin County and that area north of Dallas he served in the Texas House Senate. I'll do a better job of introducing him when he comes onto the show in a few minutes. And we appreciate that we're going to have him on to talk about what's going on at the congressional level as it relates to religious liberty and other issues that we care about. He was a part of a private meeting that we had with our supporters and our Attorney General Ken Paxton earlier this week in the Collin County and Dallas County area to talk about what's been happening lately and how and at Congress, how that relates to some of our issues And there were a lot of questions asked about things related to the coronavirus, the impact on families because churches were shut down for a while or or they were at least not allowed to operate at any level that seemed to, um, you know, allow for people to participate there. And uh, but also issues related to the economy. And look, I'm just talking about this. There are big runoff elections coming up here in the state of Texas. Maybe it's a part of your area. I know where our office is, it touches on some of those areas in central Texas. Show broadcasts on 44 counties and as far as the radio show on the bridge. But we got over 250,000 supporters on Facebook Live right now. As a matter of fact, share this post as we get into some more of those details. You might be saying, wait a minute, what? There's an election? I thought the election was in November. Not so fast. Okay, there are runoff elections for Texas House, also State Board of Education, a lot of congressional districts in the state of Texas. Some of these districts, uh, whoever wins in the primary is likely to win in the in the general. And that's not always the case. So you don't want to take anything for granted. But I just say that so you don't uh, miss the opportunity to have an impact and realize it's real important who's elected at the primary level in the political parties that are on the ballot. And a couple of big races, HD 47 is in the Austin and West uh, Central Texas area. Uh, that's a Texas House race. There's also a House race for Hayes and Blanco County. That's going to be a huge runoff, a lot of attention on that issue. You can go to txvaluesaction.org to see more information about those election issues. But June 29th is the first day of early voting. I saw an interesting comment by Kellyanne Conway as, you know, some reporters were asking questions about, you know, um, suggesting that it was going to be some type of struggle or burden if if everyone wasn't or, you know, a large amount of people weren't allowed to do mail-in ballots because that's usually not how we do it. And she said, look, and this must have been a reference to a popular place in that area, if people can wait an hour for a cupcake at Georgetown Bakery, I think it's reasonable to expect that they'll wait 
the importance of waiting for a certain amount of time to go cast your ballot. She always has a great way of really handling the media. And that's why she's one of the best as, as a spokesman for President Trump. But uh, earlier this week, we saw the announcement from President Trump indicating and making it clear uh, that churches are essential. We, we put out some information in that regard, and we're very encouraged to hear the go- the president come out and say that. You know, that's something that our governor has said for quite some time and making it clear that churches can reopen. But I think there's a lot, maybe a little bit more attention on this issue as you get now towards the end of May. This has been going on for quite a while, particularly because it's Pentecost Sunday coming up. And a lot of churches were saying this is when they were looking at maybe a date where they'd feel more comfortable reopening more in a robust way. So we'll see um, how that comes about. And uh, look, if you need information about that, about the guidance for churches, and these aren't requirements. The, the government is not telling you at the state level exactly what you must and must not do and you might be punished. These are guidelines. And I think that they're, they can be considered prudent recommendations. Some I think might be a little too much, but, uh, but I think people are you know doing their best they can. But it does not restrict the amount of people that are going to churches. All these details about 25% and 50%, That has nothing to do with the amount of people that can go to churches in the state of Texas. Those are related to businesses that were not open before, and so that does not include the churches. So I want to make sure you're aware of that. But if you want to know what those guidelines are and have some frequently asked questions and answers to those, go to txvalues.org. I see it's right here on our homepage. Uh, Read the FAQ. Texas Church Reopening Frequently Asked Questions. Check it out right there. We're always trying to produce great resources for people so they can have an understanding of what's going on on the issues we care about. And, you know, look, while some of these uh, concerns in this discussion has cooled off a little bit, um, you know, we're still not back to where we were, certainly as it relates to the economy, people's understanding what people's freedoms are on these issues. So we're going to continue to post this information and make sure that people are aware of it and they have good information that's accurate. I mean, our goal is to make sure that you're, you've got your freedoms and you're exercising them more and you're not so worried about um, what you think maybe the government said because that's where a lot of them thrive. All right. They thrive in this space of hoping that you're worried and you're not sure and you have doubt about what your rights are. I mean, it's pretty clear in the First Amendment of the Constitution what your rights are, particularly as a church. And so but we'll be talking about that in, uh, in just a few minutes with Congressman Van Taylor. But we did have a great discussion with him and Attorney General Paxton earlier this week on these issues. And if you want to be a part of one of these events, these are private, exclusive events. We're doing one for the Houston area. On Tuesday of next week, they're from 6 to 7.30. At least the one isn't coming up in the Harris and Montgomery County area, not just Houston. But uh, I think I'm going to be the first to announce this. Congressman Kevin Brady has now confirmed with that. We're going to have a couple of state representatives on there, some folks that have been involved in our issues that are not elected officials, grassroots people, and really courageous people that have been a part of being a strong voice on our issues, success stories that have happened over the year. Because as we're almost into June, And as we're at the end of May, these are big fundraising times for us because we end our fiscal cycle at the end of June on June 30th. You know, it's been a tough time to try to raise money for nonprofit efforts, but we're hoping that people can see the value in the work we've done, the uh, victories that we've been helpful, been a part of, but also the way that we've been able to help people navigate a very challenging time. Uh, And sometimes we've had to really push back a lot against the government. We've had to push back against a lot of these local governments. Uh, But at the same time, walking side by side with nonprofits and faith leaders, uh, a lot of pastors, 
We've had several private pastors calls and some we did a um, a teletown hall with the lieutenant governor as part of our role and our way to make sure people know what their rights are, but also to be encouraged and to walk alongside them. We had several issues that we came up that we were able to help get resolved without litigation because we were able to help people see what their rights are um, and, and really how to do something with them. Because for us, it's not about always about can we pass a law? Can we go to court? And when a particular issue, it's really about how we can help you exercise your rights and not have to get entangled in legislation or a court issue. And so that's something to be mindful of. One of the things that we did, and I'll talk about with Congressman Van Taylor, is sign on to a letter that was sent to Congress about this concern about how churches are being treated and whether or not you're going to see issues related to liability. Churches being afraid they may be held liable if someone gets the coronavirus. We don't want churches being afraid that they're going to get sued and decide not to reopen. That is not how things should be working. And so we're going to see if we can get something done at the congressional level to give some people of faith some support. But we know a whole lot more churches are going to be opening up this week. And so we want you to be encouraged. Go to txvalues.org. See that information. One of the things that we did last week was announce a big announcement, and I want to make sure you didn't miss it, that right towards the end of the school year, Austin ISD canceled their sex ed in May. That was the first week of May, and that was a lot of it, our opinion, was because of the concerns that people had about how radical it was, how pro-LGBT, how pro-abortion it was. And so right before school uh, ended about uh, the first week of May, we were able to secure that victory. So I want to make sure you get a chance to see that because we want to build on that momentum moving forward. But I want to welcome to the show Congressman Van Taylor. He has been a great friend of ours for many years. He's got a long history in the state of Texas, seventh generation. That's got to go back to the Republic because I know I'm fifth generation and I get pretty close to that. But he, he's had quite a legacy of public service. Uh, he's a decorated Iraq war veteran. He served in the United States Marines. He was a uh, Eagle Scout, if you want to go back even farther, but then got into public service representing Texas House of Representatives from the North Texas area and then served in the Texas Senate and now is a member of the U.S. Congress from the 3rd Congressional District in North Texas. Congressman Taylor, welcome to the Texas Values Report. Hey, uh, great to be on with you. Well, you know, we had a nice conversation earlier this week. You were part of a, a meeting that we had with a select group of folks in the North Texas area, getting to visit with some constituents and people that care about the issues that we care about. You know, we're in the summer. A lot of people are off. Kids are, many kids are off, or this was their last week, some last, uh, the week before. But Congress is still working, and there's been a lot of activity up there, you know, and, 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 and rightly so. But at the same time, there's been a lot of different things to navigate. I mean, one of the things that we talked about on the call, and, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on, is a lot of discussion about the issue of religious liberty as people have growing concerns about the role that the government is playing in restrictions and recommendations and guidance on on religious liberty in churches. We saw our president, it's been about a week, come out and say and kind of reiterate, reiterate earlier this week that churches are essential. We've seen our governor do that, but we've also seen a lot of friends talking to Congress about this issue. Tell us a little bit about how um, what, what some of the conversations that your fellow members of Congress have been having and, and how you feel about the issue of religious liberty in these trying times. Well, you know, I'll, I'll start at the beginning, uh, you know, when the colonists 
signed the Declaration of Independence. They actually wrote down in the Declaration of Independence, you know, to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. I mean, the, the purpose of government, uh, according to the Founding Fathers, was to secure rights. And one of those rights, the right to freedom of religion, right, the right to practice your faith as you choose. And that is, uh, so that's a, to me, is a fundamental and central tenet of, of the American system. I mean, the, the, you know, and so I've always stood on the side of religious freedom, religious liberty, and been honored to serve side by side with you, Jonathan, everything you've done to protect religious freedom and religious liberty. And, you know, COVID-19 has presented a particularly difficult set of, of questions, but I think you want to err on the side of, of liberty and freedom, that those things are very important and something that we need to stand up for. Well, and there are a lot of large churches in the district that you represent, and, you know, that's a Absolutely. that's a good thing. A lot of folks there, you know, that are—and I was mentioning this um, as we were getting the show started. With Pentecost Sunday coming up, there's a lot of churches that, you know, we were having private conversations with uh, pastors, giving them guidance and insight throughout this process. Many of them kind of looking at that as a date to shoot for. Is It's not always easy to kind of shut down your operations or limit them and then all of a sudden turn around and run things up. They've got to navigate a lot of different— uh, personalities of their of people that come to their church, many who support the religious liberty of the church, but also you know have um, well-meaning and legitimate concerns about safety. So they want to make sure people are safe. But we're kind of far down the road, so I think we're going to see a lot more churches take that step. And you know, I know you've been very active in that district, and and so have, has our organization and a lot of good people in that area of Texas. And, you know, one of the things, you know, a number uh, group that's in that area is our friends at First Liberty Institute. And the lawyers led by Kelly Shackelford and others, they put out a letter recently that we signed on to expressing concerns and really um, asking Congress to consider the issue of protecting churches. So they're not in issues where they have these frivolous lawsuits filed against them, creating more fear about opening. Uh, I, I know that's something that's made its way to Congress and has been talked about, and, I, and I'm sure you've had some conversations about. It, it seems unfortunate that, you know, that this is a conversation we have to have, but I can understand where they're coming from, where the church is wanting to make sure that they don't have, there's not an additional worry that they have to have, when I'm sure many of them are trying to be prudent, uh, but, the, you know, they want to focus on opening and serving their people and preaching the Word of God. Absolutely. Um, you know, the, the, the liability issue is a, is a very real issue. You know, Texas has been very successful in reining in liability and being smart about it. I mean, you know, people that act with gross negligence should be held to account, but you don't want to allow, you know, the trial bar to, to kind of run the table uh, on business and make it so that you can't do business and you can't uh, have a, a church service and faith, and you know, quite frankly, this is this is this is somewhat novel. I mean, right? You've got the uh, literally churches uh, worried about legal liability because they because of a disease, um, and so uh, this is something. And due to that novelness, I think you want to step up and have the federal government take a role and and, and protect religion and protect faith uh, as well as businesses. And, um, I, and I'm just going to say right now, I think that's going to be a challenge for my Democrat colleagues. Uh, their perspective is, 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 is not to, not to forestall uh, lawsuits. In fact, in my time in Congress, I've seen them on the other side trying to help create more torts uh, and more ways for people to sue. 
Uh, and that's just kind of how, what, as from what I can tell, that's sort of how my Democrat colleagues are wired. I mean, they just they think that lots of trial lawyers is a good thing, lots of lawsuits are a good thing, and that's why they keep trying to come up with new ways to create new kinds of lawsuits, which in turn uh, makes it harder to do something that is a fundamental right in our country, which is the right to uh, practice religion and practice your faith as you see fit. We're talking with U.S. Congressman Van Taylor. I'm holding up a great-looking picture of you, Congressman Taylor, from your website. He represents the 3rd Congressional District in the North Texas area, just north northeast, if you will, of Dallas. Look, and these concerns are legitimate. I mean, we see what's happening in California. The Ninth Circuit courts and governors and uh, government officials shutting down churches, preventing them from opening up at all. I mean, it is out of control. We've seen churches that have had to file lawsuits just to have parking lots services a couple of weeks ago, right around Easter and since then. We've even seen concerns in our own state of Texas, local governments like San Antonio that have been really, you know, playing around with words in a way that I think has confused a lot of churches. That's a feedback we've gotten about what their rights are. And so, you know, I've seen, we've seen it in Travis County and other parts as well. And that's not a good place for the church to be, to feel like there's confusion, because unfortunately many of them will decide, you know, well, we don't want to end up in court because that's not what they do, right? And so this fear takes over. And so I think the more that we can look at doing to have safeguards in place, you know, there's a valid reason for that. And and some of that is because local government officials have gone too far with some of the rights that we've had. You know, and, and we can't talk about, well, I say you, you talk about the third district, you talk about the congressional district, you talk about the area that you represent. I know that earlier this week, uh, um, just a few days ago, um, something happened that I know that was, you know, really, uh, well, I say, noteworthy in that area, the passing of Sam Johnson, uh, someone who, yeah. like yourself, has served in the military and served his country well. The legacy that you have of military service and, and history in our Texas um, is incredible. It, his as well. Uh, I'd love to hear you just, you know, I know you shared a little bit about um, him on social media sure. and, and the relationship that y'all had. Yeah, Sam Johnson is, you know, was a legend. I mean, he just, that's the only way to put him. I mean, he was a tremendous patriot. Uh, he served, you know, two lifetimes of careers. I mean, the first one, 29 years in the Air Force. He uh, shot down his first MiG in Korea, was uh, was a Thunderbird after the Korean War, you know, which is the, the Air Force's precision flying team. He loved flying. I uh, served a ground tour in Vietnam uh, early in the war and then uh, was flying in his second tour in Vietnam and was flying a fighter jet, which is what he loved to do. And he was uh, he did, was on a bombing run, and his gun jammed, and he circled back around, re- recycled the gun, and went back in for the second bombing run and was shot down. He was captured. Uh, he was injured very badly and uh, actually sustained damage to, his, to his, his hand that he was never able to use that, his hand properly again after that act, after getting out of that plane. And um, he uh, spent seven year, almost seven years in the Hanoi Hilton, uh, and 42 months of those were in the solitary confinement. And, you know, of all the of all the challenges in the 20th century, you know, the Hannah Hilton is probably the single greatest for our men and women who put on the uniform and served our country. And Sam Johnson really distinguished himself there. Uh, he he never said a bad word against the United States. He never signed a confession. He never broke. And he was 
so unique in that that, that when the 1969 when Ho Chi Minh died, the, the North Vietnamese took all the American POWs out of their individual cells, now solitary, and let them live in a in a group setting, which was you know as I think we can all appreciate how much better it is to be with other people, um, except for one guy, Sam Johnson, because he just wouldn't break, and that really uh, really irritated the North Vietnamese. And Sam finally went on a hunger strike. And, you know, he was planning to starve himself, but they wouldn't let him get out of solitary. And he was so close to dying that Admiral Stockdale said, Sam, you feed yourself. We're going to go on a hunger strike. So literally his entire, uh, the entire, all the American POWs went on a hunger strike to get Sam out of solitary. And that worked. He got out of solitary. And I'll just say that one thing about Sam Johnson that's very, and then, and then he came back to Texas, his beloved Shirley, his family uh, here in Texas and, and, um, he um, became a home builder, and then he ran for the state house, served in the state house for uh, from '86, and there was a special election for the third district of Texas in 1991. He ran for that seat uh, and won it, and served in Congress for almost 30 years, so another lifetime of service in the U.S. Congress. And he uh, he really was an an incredible man, and he had deep, deep, deep faith. Uh, he's extremely strong in his faith. There's no doubt in my mind that that sustained him in the most difficult of times. And I'll make one other comment. I mean, if there's anybody in the, I've ever met that had a reason to be mad about the world, it'd be Sam Johnson. But he never was. He was always, he's always smiling. He's always happy. Uh, he'd always, you know, he's always willing to laugh. I mean, he just, he, he had a positive attitude about life. And clearly that was instructed by his faith. Well, look, and, you know, we talk about some of the issues that we've all been dealing with the past two or three months, um, and they've been struggles. There, there's no question. And people have lost businesses. Uh, people have lost their lives to this virus. You know, and as so you think about public service and how difficult it can be, and and what it means, right? The meaning and the principles in the Constitution that we think about they're important when we try to balance these roles of government. And then you look at people that are in public service and also served in the military. You know, we had some great celebrations of Memorial Day and reminders earlier this week. You served in military service. So did Sam Johnson. I mean, you know, to to be in that level of public service, these are special people. And and I've just seen so many. I never I don't know that I ever met Sam Johnson, but but I know that just from what I saw and what I've read, what a tremendous legacy in, you know, what a Texas legacy, but also what an American legacy of public service um, that it's probably hard to match. And those things, I think, also can be very motivating to people like yourself that then come in that next round to continue that legacy in some way. And it's truly special, you know, and, and as we think about what it all adds up to as well. I mean, and it's not so much about numbers, but how we're doing as a country and economy does matter. It can impact people's well-being. It can impact the well-being of the church. I do think there's some things that are encouraging about the direction of things as far as the economy and how Congress is handling it. Uh, what's your feel on where, we're, where we are now and where we're headed in, in the way that Congress is trying to help have a positive impact on these issues? Sure. Well, uh, you know, I, look, th- there is still a lot of pain and a lot of dislocation and a lot of a lot of difficult times yet ahead for a lot of Americans and a lot of Texans. But I will point out that in Collin County, the unemployment claims uh, over the last month have dropped almost in half. And so that's a that's a good sign. That's what you want to see. And I think that, you know, we've seen Texas 
particularly in the in the areas that are led by Republicans. And I think you know who you vote for matters, who you elect matters. It makes a difference, you know, who's running the place. Uh, they they shut down a little later. They didn't shut down quite as hard. They've come back a little sooner. And as a result, uh, the economic damage is less. Uh, when I talk to my congressional colleagues in other parts of the country, uh, in, in, in bluer parts of the country where their, their governor or county judge shut down earlier, shut down harder, is still shut down or, or, is, or is opening up more slowly, in turn, you know, the damage is greater. Uh, the more businesses, the longer the economy is going to shut down, the more businesses are going to fail. And the more businesses fail, the fewer jobs there are. Uh, and so it's, um, I think you're going to see uh, Collin County, my county, uh, you know, is going, to be, is going to be leading the recovery. I think Texas is going to be leading the recovery for the country. And I think that the United States is going to lead the recovery for the world. I think the whole world is taking an economic hit from this. And um, there are hard days ahead, but I'm optimistic for the future and for, our, for us coming back. Well, and I think, look, one reason to be optimistic is because of your leadership, particularly on the issues that we care about as an organization, faith, family, and freedom. And we've tried to remind people, you know, that includes the health of the economy. We know that families do better when they're not dealing with financial strain on top of the fact they couldn't, you know, for a little while, it was hard for them to go to church. But I think people made some sacrifices. They tried to be understanding. Now it's time to get, you know, continue to get back to work, to continue to open things, to do things the best as we do as a country and to trust Texans and the American people. And and we're so uh, thankful that you're a part of that leadership as you always have been serving your district, but being a great voice uh, throughout our state and I'm sure other parts of the country as well. So we wish you and your family well, Congressman Van Taylor, and we thank you and and God bless you for being a guest today on the Texas Values Report. It's great to be with you, Jonathan. Thank you for all you do to keep Texas free. Amen. Thank you, sir. Look, they they got a lot going on in Congress these days. Um, It's almost June and they're still working. We'll see what happens a lot. You know, news continues to come out daily on things that Congress is trying to do to try to get the country headed back in the right direction economically to preserve the rights, to make sure entities like Planned Parenthood don't continue to get money um, because it's really not related to some of the issues we're dealing with now, if ever at all. And so but also a little reminder, don't forget about us at Texas Values. We are a 501c3 nonprofit organization. Your donations allow us to continue to do the work that we do. Make a tax-deductible donation today at txvalues.org. And we'll talk to you next week on the Texas Values Report.